Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your Senior Care Consultant, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. We have a wonderful program today with our friend and special guest in studio, Mr. David Wiley. He's the President and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and he brought a guest with him today, Lisa Farmer. She's the Community Education and Outreach Coordinator, again, with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And David and Lisa, welcome to Senior Care Live. It's good to be here today, Steve. Thanks for having us. All right. All right. You're welcome. And, and, and David, uh, obviously, you've brought Lisa uh, here today to share some ideas about navigating conversations about grief uh, with your community. And this topic is just super important because, let's face it, at, at every age, people know of someone who has passed away. It could be an immediate relative or friend. It could be distant, but everyone has faced this. Everyone knows about it. So uh, then you have to figure out what do you say? How do you say it? When do you say it? (laughs) So, and you want to do the right thing uh, and be caring and compassionate and supportive. So uh, could you start off by introducing Lisa? Just tell us a little bit about uh, what we'll be discussing today. Sure, Steve. Thanks for having us here today. You know, the the first thing um, I'd love listeners to know is, and we, we say this often, Grieving can be hard, and grieving is unique for everyone, and we respect and understand that at Kansas City Hospice. We have so many programs to meet people where they are with regard to grief, and that's why I've previously brought our Director of Grief Programs. And today, we have Lisa Farmer, who actually is formerly uh, worked as our Director of Grief Programs, and now she's working in, in another really important capacity, and she's here to further the conversation about this important topic and then talk specifically about some of the small things that any of us can do to show our support for grievers. So I'm happy to introduce Lisa as our Community Education and Outreach Coordinator at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. All right, that's fantastic, and welcome, Lisa. And, uh, tell us a little about, about yourself and your role with Kansas City Hospice. Okay. Well, I've been with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care for over 20 years. I was going to say, it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, I started as a young child. Um, <laughs> so I've had a few different roles. Um, like David said, I've been the grief director, the director of grief programs, and I've been the child teen specialist. So I've worked a lot with grieving children and families. And my new role is uh, reaching out to the community to offer education and have them engage with Kansas City Hospice particularly those in the community that have maybe been underserved in healthcare. Okay. All right. That's excellent. And uh, David alluded to the the comprehensive grief programs at Kansas City Hospice. We've talked about that on the program before. So uh, tell us about today's topic and what it's all about. Okay. So as you said earlier, uh, everyone knows someone who has died and so knows someone who is grieving. 
So today we're here to discuss talking about grief among your friends and family, people that you know and run into every day. One of the reasons we've chosen this topic right now is because July was Bereaved Parent Awareness Month. And that's a really special group of folks who need special services. So that's one of the reasons there's a whole month dedicated to raising awareness about the grief that parents go through after the unfortunate loss of a child, whether a minor or adult, and the kind of support they need to cope with this loss. Well, they always say that, and fortunately I've not experienced, I hope I don't, but a parent losing their child, it, it's not right. You're, you're supposed to, your, your kid's supposed to outlive you. So right. that, that's, that's got to be just so hard. So out of the life cycle and what you're expecting. Yeah. So because yeah. Mo, though most of us haven't experienced and hopefully won't experience, we still know it's one of the worst things that could happen to a person. And so it makes it really difficult. And they, of course, definitely need to know that they are loved and supported when facing this kind of grief. You know, absolutely. You know, for a lot of people, it can be difficult to talk openly about their grief. Many of them feel that it's too personal or maybe too private. And even though talking about the events that have caused their grief is crucial to recovery, people are still hesitant to talk about it. And as Lisa said, and we just agreed, you know, it's universally an accepted fact that parents should not have to bury their children. The pain is immeasurable and parents carry the grief with them throughout their lives. But even in these darkest of times, it's important to remember that you're not alone. And wherever you look for help, or you'll always find communities of people and parents and others who will be there for many uh, to support you. And it's for this reason that uh, we observed uh, Bereaved Parents Awareness Month. And Steve, we've talked on the show before. We have the Carousel Pediatric Hospice. And, you know, of course, nobody wants to think about hospice in children. But if you need this help, uh, we're, we're an expert. We've been doing it since 1989, and we really understand um, how important this is for families. And I think, have you mentioned before that uh, you serve uh, around 100 pediatric hospice patients per year on average? Yeah, up to 100 a year, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it depends on, obviously, you know, everything that's happening, but yes. That's a lot. Yeah, and that dedicated team does a great job. Um, but this uh, this awareness, it exists to provide support to parents who've lost their children, but it its other aim is to to raise awareness about how many parents have suffered the loss of a child. And not only does it enable bereaved parents to find resources and support to overcome their grief, like many grief support resources we offer the, the, the community, but this special month also seeks to provide information to others, including families, friends, and relatives, on how they can help parents overcome their loss. Social support services, more important than ever during a time of grief. So even if you feel uncomfortable at first, or are unsure of how to console a bereaved parent, you have to try. And um, to it, have to try, and you need to be there for them. You know, even if it's as simple as being a good listener, can be st- extremely comforting. And that brings us around again to today's topic of navigating those difficult conversations with bereaved parents, with anyone in your social circle, whether it's in your synagogue, your kid's classroom, your church, maybe your Facebook friends or your neighborhood. Uh, what do you say when someone dies? Good question. <laughs> so it's a topic that most people avoid. So that's why I think we don't naturally know what to st- say. Yeah, yeah, that's an easy one to avoid, right? <laughs> so Kansas so. City Hospice recently hosted um, our monthly free community education series, and it was hosted by well, hosted by Kansas City Hospice. But our guest speaker was Rachel Kodanitz, longtime friend of Kansas City Hospice, and she's a nationally known author and speaker. And she came on to share some of her experiences. She's a heart-minded speaker, and she talks very candidly about grief. So one of the first pieces of advice that 
they that was offered was to say something, not avoid it, not pretend it's not happening if it's in your tribe, but don't lead with "I know how you feel" or "I know just how you feel." Mm-hmm. We know folks mean well and they want to help, and they're just at a loss for what to do. So they sometimes talk in sound bites, um, and that's usually not very ha- helpful. Yeah. We know they want to protect the person who's grieving and they don't want to talk about sad things, but that person is already sad. And we know they want to connect with the person, but they can't fix them. And that can be really frustrating for people that are instrumental grievers and want to fix things. You know, and uh, us guys, we, we, we want to fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's kind of built in. So uh, that's really good information. It, don't try to fix it. Be a good listener. Now, on the other hand, it's just, it's just darn right hard to know what to say. It's true. So talking about grief is hard. It's the elephant in the room that everyone sees but tries to look away from. We know it causes people discomfort, and it's really emotional. It makes you think of your own losses. There's really a lack of understanding and education about grief and how it affects people differently. So it's it's very unique. There's not a timeline for it, and people desperately want that. So there are those certain um, norms and cliches that people tend to say, um, but just because that's the first thing that comes to your mind doesn't mean that's what you have to say. We can do better. Um, just don't err on the side of saying nothing because that's definitely not not good. It would be much better to say, I don't know what to say or do to help, but I'm here. And you also might want to think about cultural and spiritual um, factors that might impact this person's grief and make it different from yours. And that's okay. Um, just try to be open to that. So when people have uncomfortable or less than satisfying interactions uh, with grievers, they don't know how to say what they want to say, and that morphs into being at a loss for exactly what to say. So sometimes, you know, people are just plain not sure how to react to a loss. Even when when or, or if you know someone's going to die, it doesn't mean you know how you're going to react when they do. And every death is different. It's sacred and your reaction is very likely to be different based on how long you've known the person, if you actually knew the person who died, or other factors. Some people, when faced with a loss, have a tendency to minimize that loss, such as saying, you know, it was just your brother, or that's something that we should, you know, never or, or you never know how to understand someone's personal dynamic with that other person. And another tendency is to compare your own personal loss, and that's easy to do when you've lost someone. So just remember that it's really just very different for each person and and to be careful. All right, excellent information. Uh, Now the Senior Care Live question of the week. Which of these is a normal reaction to death? A, feeling anger and hurt. B, feeling frustrated. C, feeling guilty and distant. D, feeling defensive. Or E, all of the above. What do you think? You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. Dot com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. 
Which of these is a normal reaction to death? A, feeling anger and hurt. B, feeling frustrated. C, feeling guilty and distant. D, feeling defensive. Or E, all of the above. And the answer is... E, all of the above. And you, you might be surprised to learn that all of these reactions are just very normal, very common reactions that grievers have upon the death of a loved one or a family member. And today we're visiting with David and Lisa from Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. If you have questions for this fine organization, there's a wealth of knowledge on the website, kchospice.org. If you want to give them a call, just reach out uh, by the by phone. You're welcome to do that as well, 816-363-2600. And Lisa, I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to give us some ideas of you know what to say and then what not to to say because you said a couple of doozies in there and I'm like oh no don't say that (laughs) yeah so Steve remember these are people in your network you know them um, but hopefully I can give you some pointers on things to be aware of and that you might want to avoid okay things like um, things happen for a reason they're in a better place now you're strong Um, There might be some people that some of those things are comforting for, but others, it's really very irritating to them. Uh, Isn't it time for you to go back to work, stop talking about them, stop crying? That's not helpful. Oh, boy. Yeah, that that would make me mad, I think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, not sensitive at all. Yeah. Yeah. Starting it. Any uh, statements with you should is probably not a good idea that I know exactly how you feel. You absolutely can't. Um, but then probably even more important is you being there, being present, being a compassionate uh, listener. And David's going to talk a little bit about what you might say, what might be helpful. Okay. You know, Lisa uh, and Steve, we know that there are some things that everyone can do when someone in their community has experienced a loss. So a few things that we can do is, first of all, listen, listen, listen. I think if someone wants to talk to you about their loved one who's died, listening is terrific. Provide a gentle touch. If they need a hug or to hold your hand while they're talking, you should let them. And never be afraid to say, we miss using that person's name. Because if you're missing them, you can be sure that their loved one is missing them too. Just acknowledging that I think is incredible. You know, don't ask, just do. And what that means is, you know, don't ask if they need groceries. Just show up with a gallon of milk or some breakfast items. You know, no one wants to be a burden. Just help them out and and don't wait for them to ask you or confirm that they need that help. And I think be sensitive with your questions instead of asking probing questions about the death. Talk freely about your memories with the griever and their loved one. So some kind of last thoughts for you. Well, first, build a support network for yourself if you're grieving. Look at your family, your friends, your neighbors, coworkers, people in your spiritual community. Maybe even people on social media can be a support for you. Just because they're family doesn't mean they're the best support. So find the people that work for you. And then if you find that you need some professional support, like is offered at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, our peer support groups, or our individual support, reach out and find what's a good fit for you in our community. And then, like I said, kind of that review, let's thinking back, let's think back about what would be most helpful. 
your presence, your compassion, you being there, you showing that you care, um, your memories of their loved one, I think, can be very helpful. Try not to be judgmental about how the people that you are interacting with are grieving because everyone does this work in their own unique way. Try not to compare the loss that this person has suffered to something that you have or someone else you know has suffered. Try not to hover over them. Although they do need support, grievers do also need some time to themselves to process what they have been experiencing. So just being calmly there for them and listening and supporting whatever beliefs might be most helpful for them can be very helpful. Okay, thank you so much. I mean, that is just so, so helpful. And and you're right, we all do know people who've experienced death, and it's just so much better to be prepared and just be a good friend, and just be a good supportive person. Like David said, listen, listen, listen. So uh, do you have any resources that our listeners can uh, uh, check out and, and look back on? Yes. Um, So I mentioned that we hosted this community education series, and our guest speaker was Rachel Kodanitz. And we um, record all of our community education series, so it is available on our website. So you could go back if you're interested in more on this topic. You could go on the Kansas City Hospice website. In the search bar, put community education series and you can view this recording and other ones we've done in the past. And I'm going to do that because, unfortunately, I was not able to, to attend that last one, and I, and I wanted to I wanted to check that one out. Great. So our previous ones are on there. Uh, next month, it will be August 24th, and we'll have our music therapist on there, and she'll be talking about that. But just in general, the Kansas City Hospice website is a wealth of knowledge. The Caregiver and Family tab um, will give you lots of information about these kinds of things, and that is... Um, website again is kansascityhospice.org. All right. You know, Steve, we actually just kicked off our Seasons of Solace campaign and invite folks to join us in celebrating 25 years of empowering the Kansas City community through our specialized grief support services and programs that are offered through Solace House, which are, is the Kansas City Hospice Center for Grief and Healing. During this past quarter century, Solace House has served as a pillar of strength and compassion, offering a safe haven for individuals and children coping with loss, just as we've been talking about. So we thank the community for their support, and we've witnessed firsthand the transformative power of grief support as countless people have found healing, hope, and renewed purpose after experiencing sudden and often um, a tragic loss. So in honor of the 25th anniversary, we're just asking for gifts of, of $25 or more, And that generosity will help us extend our reach and amplify the positive impact that we had during the the past 25 years. And it's going to help us continue to provide that vital support for grieving individuals and families in our community that are desperately in need. So, again, you can go to our website, uh, which is kchospice.org forward slash seasons, and you can read all about it. All right, and and you know, the Solace House, and you're—I mean—we're we're dealing with with children. Uh, a really, really special place. It's a fantastic program. So reach out to Kansas City Hospice and, and make a make a donation. This is a nonprofit organization. They give back to our community. It is unbelievable the amount of support that Kansas City Hospice pours into our community. And guess what? Our community we we have many opportunities throughout the year to also pour back in to 
Kansas City Hospice, and this is one of them. Go to kchospice.org forward slash seasons to uh, uh, donate and recognize and honor the 25th uh, anniversary of the Solace House. So that's fantastic. And uh, David and Lisa, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Fantastic information as always. Thank you. And thanks for giving us a chance to showcase Solace House. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Steve. You bet. We'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So I've been running into this a lot lately. So I think we need to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. This is a consumer alert. Consumer alert. Okay, so here's the kind of the sounder. Do not stay in assisted living so long that you run out of money and you're forced to move at the last minute to a long-term care community. That is a huge mistake. And I would recommend move before, and that's all caps, before the money is gone. So I, over all the years, I've received many, many calls uh, about you know, Steve, you know, mom or dad or you know, my loved one is living in assisted living and they are running out of money. We know that we're going to have to move uh, to a senior care community that will work with the Medicaid program. What do we do and uh, how can you help us through that? And so uh, recently, uh, I've been working with several families in that exact situation. So, um, and, 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 and look, I've also worked with families in the past, that, and they've just paid out of pocket. So let's say uh, the monthly cost for that assisted living community is, say, 6000 And let's say uh, that person's income is 1000 So I've had families writing big $5,000 a month checks, paying with their own money, to make up that shortfall or that gap with assisted living expenses. And a lot of those folks are saying, look, Steve, I mean, I, it, it's my mom. I, I'm trying to help it. Gosh darn, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm literally spending my retirement funds, <laughs> right? I won't be able to retire at this point. I, in fact, I mean, I, I'm going to end up spending, you know, all my money. I, I could go broke with all of this. So what is the answer? What should we be doing? How can you help us? Okay, and I would say that, you know, that's admirable that these folks are spending, you know, a ton of money and helping out, but it's just not necessary. So I frequently work with families in this exact situation. Mom is living or dad or your loved one is living in assisted living. Uh, Almost all, not all, but almost all assisted living communities are private pay, private pay communities. They most, the vast majority of them, they do not work with the Medicaid program, they're private pay only, and 
your loved one is running out of cash, and or maybe they've already <laughs> ran out of cash and you're supplementing, or you can see this coming, all right? So that's the situation. So in that situation, we will need to transition to long-term care that is Medicaid certified. But there's a potential catch with this, as with what? As, as with everything. Many places that are Medicaid certified, many long-term care communities that are Medicaid certified, they don't put this on their website. They certainly don't announce it in their advertising. But when you look into it, they require six, nine, maybe 12 months, some of them 24 months, but most commonly I'll see six to 12 months minimum of private pay capability, meaning Yeah, we're Medicaid certified. We will bill the Medicaid program and receive, you know, the majority of the payment from them. But you have to be able to pay privately with your own funds, your own assets for six months or 12 months. And a few of them are even 24 months. So if you wait until the last second, you will not be able to pay privately that private pay using your own resources for that required period of time. And so now they are not on your list of options to consider because, because you're, you're out of money. You, you, you should have moved sooner than that so that you could pay privately, and that opens up the number of options available. So if you move before you run out of money and there's still some money left, leaving enough to pay privately for that period of time, the bottom line, you just have more places to consider. That's all. Okay, now, if, if you haven't done that, then, I mean, it's, it's not a disaster. It's not at the end of the world. We can deal with that. Okay, but if you wait until the last second, and your list of your options will shrink, and you will only be able to consider moving to a place that works with what's called Medicaid pending. Now, Medicaid pending, what that means is that your loved one is literally out of money they have qualified for medicaid you send in the application and then the medicaid pending meaning it's being it's being processed pending approval so your medicaid qualified but you're pending approval and that processing time could be uh, 30 days would be pretty quick usually 60 days is fairly common if they're running a little behind it could take even up to 90 days So Medicaid approved pending approval, okay? And not all places will work with a payor status of Medicaid pending. So again, I'm always shouting from the rooftops, be proactive, proactive, proactive. Move before you think you should, and you'll never regret it. And in this case, you'll have more options available and more importantly, more quality options to choose from. So, again, don't stay in assisted living for so long that you run out of money and you're forced to move at the last minute and you're kind of really, you've you've put yourself in a corner and you're forced to move to any place that has a bed available, okay? And that's also Medicaid certified that will also work with the Medicaid pending payor status. It's just a huge mistake. It's an avoidable mistake. So move way before the money is gone. That way you'll have more options and better options to choose from. Proceed with caution. This has been a consumer alert brought to you by Senior Care Live.
All right. So, I, and and again, I'm, I've I've worked with lots and lots of folks in that situation over the years. I get calls all the time saying we're running out of money or we are out of money. We're paying out of pocket. This is getting painful. We need to move. Or some folks really look at that. They kind of plan ahead. They they are proactive and they're like, we don't want to get caught in a situation where we're going to be stuck here. And you know, we've got about twelve months of private pay left, but this is coming. Uh, we want to talk to you and be really proactive uh, about that. But regardless of the situation where it's a, kind of a last-minute situation where you can see the money is going to run out in 30 days, or if you're being proactive and you've got 6 to 12 months of private pay, or maybe you've already run out of money and you are actually helping to fund that, regardless of your situation, I would invite you to reach out to my firm, Senior Care Consulting. We can definitely help you with this. 913-945-2800. 913-945-2800. You can also visit online our new website. It is awesome, getting tons of compliments. Uh, but just go online uh, at SeniorCareConsulting.com, SeniorCareConsulting.com. And also, while I'm talking about senior care consulting, we are working with more and more individuals and couples that are looking to downsize from the house that they're living in. You know, it's usually a larger house. They're not using uh, nearly all of the house. It's where maybe where they've raised their family, and now they want a lifestyle change. They don't want to worry about. Uh, mowing in 100 degrees and shoveling snow uh, if you're in a part of the country where it snows. And I am in a part that snows, you know, quite a bit, uh, not nearly as much as up north. But the bottom line is you're tired of trying to keep up the house and you're worried about, uh, you know, home maintenance and upkeep and repair and all of that kind of stuff. So they're wanting to downsize and move to one of these continuing care retirement communities where you can move into an independent living apartment, have a meal or two provided. You have your own space, but you're yet you're around a lot of other people. So there's social uh, engagement opportunities, some transportation available, et cetera. And then the whole concept of that is to then age in place and move from independent living and transition to assisted living if you need a little bit of help with those activities of daily living. If you need more help than that, you can transition to long-term care. And so the concept, again, move in, downsize from your home, age in place, and get care for the rest of your entire life. Now, this one, move, trying to evaluate and navigate these continuing care retirement communities that's definitely the most complex, the most difficult one. You have six-figure entrance fees with some of these, probably most of these folks in most of these places. So again, if you are considering moving to a CCRC and you need help navigating that, again, reach out to Senior Care Consulting. We're really good at all of this. We will help you uh, with all of this, 913-945-2800 or online at SeniorCareConsulting.com. Don't go away. There's a whole lot more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. 
Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right. So I was going through one of my social media accounts, actually, on Facebook. Gosh, I'm connected to about 4,000 people on there. I've got a ton of followers and all that kind of stuff. Kind of cool. And I read yet another story. Wow, this one's just, this one hits home because this stuff used to happen to me all the time until I did something about it. Kind of took matters into my own hands. I'll tell you about that in a second. But I read another story that this man's uh, wife said, wow, sometimes life just punches you in the gut. And she went on, she had pictures of her husband and uh, it was very clear he was very successful in the business that he was in. He worked with the particular company. He spent, I forgot how many years uh, that she said, I mean, long time with this company. He was a top producer. He won all kinds of awards with this company. And so very clearly he was doing a great job for them. Very valued, et cetera, et cetera, until the day that you're not. And she said, she said all this stuff about him and the company and awards that he had won and all the recognition and the outstanding this and all, all the stuff, only to get a pink slip last week out of the blue, caught him completely flat-footed. They eliminated his position and boom, you are out. So I think everyone knows that, you know, if it's not your company, if you're working for a company or a corporation, they control you, period. They, they, they do. They control how much money you'll make. They control what you do, how many hours you will give them, how many hours you are allowed to spend with your family. Uh, it, it goes on and on and on and on. The more money you make the more control they have. Because if they're going to be paying you two, $300,000, they basically own you. And that's, that's the attitude. Okay, if you're making less than that, they have less leverage, but, the, but they still control you. Now, this guy was doing well. I'm sure he was making a ton of money. He was producing for the company. And then out of the blue, all right, I know we gave you your outstanding uh, performer of the year and all this kind of awards last week, but now we don't need you. We are eliminating your position and boom, out. Now, does that sound familiar to any of you? I'm raising my hand. Sounds real familiar to me. I have been a regional this and a district that and a president of this, and a vice president of that. And it seems like just about every single position in corporate America that I ever had, I was right-sized, downsized, position eliminated. I was involved in several mergers, and guess what? <laughs> I was the outgoing every single merger. <laughs> Not one time was I the incoming. Not once. So I'm sitting here thinking, man, I keep beating my head against this same corporate wall, getting, getting, I, I expect different results, but I kind of know I'm going to get the same result. Was it they say that doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? This is the definition of insanity, right? Something to that effect. 
I was doing that, and I realized that at that moment. And I'm like, you know what? That's not going to happen to me again. I started my own business after helping my grandparents transition from their home to a senior care community. And I decided, uh, frankly, with a lot of heartache, (laughs) heartbreak, broke my heart. You take it real personal when somebody lets you go. Hey, Steve, we had to eliminate your position. Sorry about that, buddy. I got that meeting right after my wife tells me she's pregnant with our triplet sons. How about that timing? At that second, I decided that will never happen to me again. I took matters into my own hands. And frankly, and I and I did a lot of praying. I was at this fork in the road. And uh, I believe that I am here to serve other families who are in need of finding a senior care community, going through that search and selection process in the same way that I served my own grandparents. And that's how Senior Care Consulting started. That's how it was born. We will be celebrating the 21st anniversary, by the way, here later this month. So we can look forward to that. (laughs) So fast forward to today. Senior Care Consulting is now expanding nationally all across America. We're not going to expand into every single state, but we will be expanding into the majority of states throughout America through a franchising model. So if you are one of these folks working, particularly if you're working in senior care, senior care, man, it is brutal. They're ruthless. They'll chew you up and spit you out. And the thing is, everybody knows it, but they're surprised when it happens. Don't be Surprise, just expect it. But if you're like me and you're like, you know what? I'm going to put a stake in the ground. I'm going to, I'm going to control my future and I'm going into business for myself. I would love to talk to you. If you're a licensed nursing home administrator, if you're an assisted living executive director, if you're a sales and marketing professional in senior care, maybe you work in home care, maybe you're a director of nursing at one of these senior care communities, maybe you work in hospice, uh, maybe you've worked in multiple areas in senior care. You, uh, and, and, and you're really good at developing uh, professional relationships in your market, and you have, uh, you, you have a good reputation in your market. Everyone looks to you uh, as this solid, solid person, stand-up person. You would be an ideal fit for senior care consulting. I've, I'm starting to visit with a lot of folks who are now becoming interested in owning a senior care consulting franchise. And and the first thing all of them say is, Steve, we love your model of integrity. We love that you don't receive kickbacks. We love that. The, the vision of SCC franchising is that senior care consulting will disrupt the status quo of an entire industry by offering a placement service with integrity. You can feel great about doing business ethically, doing business the right way, and helping people in their greatest time of need. If that is striking a chord with you, if you want to reach out and learn more about Senior Care Consulting franchise opportunities, I would invite you to do a couple of things. You can go to the website, SeniorCareConsulting.com, and just click the Franchising tab, and there's a lot of information there. And you can fill out a contact form, and, uh, and I'll get back with you as quickly as I can. If you want to reach out, just make a simple phone call. Here's the number. Write it down, 833-722-3726. 
You can shorten that up and just say S. You can say eight three three S C C Fran. Okay, but any way around it, reach out. Let's talk because all of the major markets are available today, and I'm telling you, that is not going to last very long. So I want to talk to you. Reach out and let's talk about it. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live.